The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. We all start this Right, we got the house tonight. Hashtag not committed. Hey, hey, welcome into another edition of Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. This show brought to you by good folks at USA Benefits Group. If you're looking to cut your health insurance premium by as much as 20 to 30 percent, you're aging into Medicare and need help finding a supplement plan called Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. He's an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi, but he is also licensed in seven states as well. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, so he can help you with all of your health insurance needs. Everything from regular plans, life insurance, dental, vision, Medicare, he's got it all covered. Now more than ever, it's critical to have that taken care of. So what better to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible? So call him, 601-953-8449, or visit usabg.com slash D-M-O-A-K and get your free quote today. All right, on this edition of Not Committed, we are bringing in a good buddy of mine, a man, a longstanding member of the community. He has been everywhere he has done everything from scouting to NFL to talking about stuff with your yard and, uh, you know, your shoe game. But we welcome in Michael Felder. Michael, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. Yeah, well, it's noon here for me because I'm, I'm in Eastern time zone now. I'm not <laughs> in Central anymore. I know. That's that's quite the uh, the bummer, in my opinion. I, I think Central is <laughs> is by far the best. I'm, listen, I love Eastern. I'm, I lived in... I lived in Chicago for four years and I never changed my watch from Eastern time zone. <laughs> I just, it's how I operated. You're on that, uh, on that God's time. Um, there we go. All right. So let's get into it. Before we talk, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple 2023 signees that I think Ole Miss sure. fans are going to see a lot of this fall. But um, I did want to ask you as a guy that has been around the block and then some, in terms of scouting and rankings and things like that, you, you've seen a ton, a ton of prospects over the years. Um, just for you, like when you're going out to take a look at a prospect and you've never seen him before, um, just tape on the internet, what would you say is probably, you know, if you've got three or four boxes you need checked to make an assessment, what are those things for you? I mean, number one is size. I mean, there are anomalies, of course, but the reality is I think Nick Saban kind of wrote the Bible on size. And listen, you can't teach being, you know, 6'4", 6'5". You can't teach a, a corner that's 6'1", with, with long arms, or you can't teach a corner that's 5'11", that's got the wingspan of someone who's 6'3". You can't teach those things. So I'm looking at size. I'm looking at bodies all the time. And I don't mean to sound like a weirdo creep, but like every time I go to a camp or every time I go to a high school football game, I try to be, I, I want to see size. and I want to compare people to me. 
And that's the biggest thing for me, Zach, is like, I want to compare people to me. And that's one of my favorite things about the combine is when they do hand size. Because I was a marginalist giving me grace. I was not a good football player in college, but I had big hands and I had long arms. And that's what kind of got me to where I was, which was not playing very much, but being very good at practice. So I look at length especially when we talk about skill positions. I look at length. I look at base when we talk about offensive line. So I guess these are all the boxes you're asking me to check is I look at size overall, but then for different positions, I look at different things, including length. I look at base. And then I start to look at speed and and get off. And that's where like I checked those boxes growing up, but I didn't have the speed and the get off. And so that's the thing that's interesting to me is watching guys speed, watching their takeoff, watching how they take off. And then the last thing that I look for, because this is the part of people's game that you can change and that you can teach. I look at technique and I look at um, kind of that advanced uh, uh, counter. What is it called? Counter a counter punch. Right. So Mm -hmm. for me, you can have all the speed in the world. You can have all the size in the world. You can have all the length in the world. I can teach you technique. I have to work hard to do it because you might've been able to live off just all those other three things, Mm -hmm. but I can teach you technique if you'll take the teaching and that's the, or take coaching as we say it in the business. But yeah, I, that's what I'm looking for. How much of a role does high school competition come into play when evaluating someone? Because I know that um, there are some that, that hold that in high regard, you know, Hey, can you dominate? who you're playing, but also who are you playing? Um, I know that, you know, you've done it for years. There are some guys that you see them and you just know, you just know that they're good. It doesn't matter who they're playing, but how big of a deal is that for you when evaluating someone or looking at tape? The problem with doing that is I don't know all these high, like if it's, if it's a kid from North Carolina, I could say, Hey man, that school he's playing is sorry. Cause I'm from (laughs) here and I know these schools. But I don't know. I kind of know a little bit of the of the upstate South Carolina, but I don't know what's going on in Florida. I don't know what's going on in Texas. You can give me as many, uh, you know, this is 6A, 7A, 7AA. I don't know what the, any of that means. And so I have to look at the traits in the player. And I think that's one of the big reasons some of these camps have been really helpful is because you get to see good on good. And I think good yeah. on good is where you really start to evaluate. But you don't get to see good on good in pads very often. Right. And so – you have to still go back and look. And it's the kind of the same thing as doing I, the parallel I draw is with the NFL draft is um, with the NFL draft. If you play FCS football, D2 football, I need to see you every play winning every single rep. Mm-hmm. If you play FBS and you're in kind of, if you're in the American or you're in conference USA, or you're in the Mac, I need to see you win it. I need to see you win at 75% of those reps. Yeah. And if you play, if you play FBS, higher level FBS, it's I understand that maybe you don't win every single rep because they got they got dudes over there too. Those got those dogs all hunt. So like when you watch LSU Alabama or you watch Ole Miss and Mississippi State or Ole Miss in Tennessee or whatever, I understand that you're a DB. You might get beat, but guess what? I'm still gonna draft you because I think you got you got skills. That's way different than oh, you got beat against. Uh, you got you got beat beat by Ferris State twice. How? <laughs> what happened? Yeah. 
So I think that's a big part of it. So when I look at it, I don't, again, I, I'm admitting, I do not know what every, do you, let me, let me ask you this. What do you think the quality of football is for Bingham in, in, in Utah? Uh, I mean, I recognize that name. Yeah. I recognize that program just because of covering Jackson Dart. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I don't know how good they are, but I guess. Right. The, what about the, the easy, teams that they play? Yeah. I mean, there's probably what three programs <laughs> in Utah. Right. There's so it's like, hard to, it's hard to juggle that. And it's hard right. to do that when you're in one place and then you don't get like, it's not, I can go out. I know that they've got some dudes at Providence day school right here which is 10 minutes from my house. I know they got some guys at Charlotte Catholic, which is a minute from my house. I know they got some dudes at Country Day, a couple of guys that are overtrained probably. They're a lot closer to Texas prospects than they are from guys coming out of Georgia or Florida because they're so focused in on that weight training program there. But I know that. I know those little ins and outs of my world. I don't know that about other people. So the big thing I look for are traits. And if traits and, and listen, a testament to Bud Elliott, um, traits are – are the most are, are super important. And again, go back to Nick Saban's Bible. He's got heights, weights for every position. He's got speed for every position. And I kind of try to go by that and look at, hey, I think this guy could be an overachiever or, hey, I think this guy has two boxes checked, but that third box might be a thing that doesn't let him do it. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, naturally, you look yeah. at, okay, what classification is this? How big mm -hmm. is the school? More yep. times than not, that's not going to always mean they're good, but it's definitely going to mean a bigger pool to pull from, a bigger talent. Somebody pool, else like. could have took their job. Right. Um, so that's what I look at first. Now, I'm not an evaluator. Like, I'm an amateur when it comes to this, but that's kind of what my thing is. Like, okay, you dominate at Division 2A in Tennessee, mm -hmm. but, okay, you're a defensive end, you're winning, but the offensive tackle is just barely bigger than me. So I yes, need to see you exactly. in a camp setting. Um, now I did want to ask you that that was a good segue there. You went to the opening plenty of times you've been to camps. That's when you get that good on good. And I think that's where scouting and rankings people that they, they drool over that. Like they want to see the high four star go against the number one rated offensive tackle. They want those one-on-ones. Um, what was your favorite, you know, either drill or, or segment of the opening or those big all-star camps? that you were able to be in attendance for? What was your favorite thing in terms of evaluating there? There's a difference. There's a favorite, and then there's the one that I liked. So the one that I like is one-on-ones, wide receivers, DBs. Mm -hmm. It is built for wide receivers to win because they just do whatever they want. Right. I've never met a wide receiver that listened in my life. <laughs> and so I love that. And that's the reality of the situation. And but DBs that can handle that, um, even guys like like Richie LeCount, and I know like obviously he's still he he didn't have the NFL career or didn't, doesn't have the NFL career that we thought I thought he was going to have. But I love watching this kid play. Um, love the way that he was able to control the situation, have his hips underneath him so that he was able to dictate dictate the movement. I love that. I love those things. And then also watching someone like Amon Ross St. Brown and the way that he was able to create space by himself and do that and it's one of those things you're playing with a quarterback that you don't really know and you have to go make plays. And I love to see that Tua did a really good job in learning the wide receivers, he spent time learning those wide receivers. So he could get the ball where they wanted it, but watching those guys play and that that's my favorite. Well, mm -hmm. but what I think is the best is they go pads for offensive linemen. Yes. And I love to see offensive and defensive linemen in pads clashing. And one of the best guys I ever saw was Alex Leatherwood. 
Mm. Strong isn't strong as an ox, just an absolute hoss. And he's someone that just, he knew what he was supposed to do. His steps were good, but the best one I ever saw was on the other side of the ball. And that was Ed Oliver. I'll never forget Barton Simmons and I, we had a debate between Rashawn Gary. He was on the side of Rashawn Gary. I was on the side of Ed Oliver. And then in those situations, you get to see one guy's take coach and two guys show that they have a second move that they can set you up on that first rep. Cause you get three reps, right? Cause you got to mm-hmm. figure out who won this. So you get one rep could be a fluke two reps. Okay. It's a stalemate. That third rep is the one. So they set you up with the first rep. They win that second rep. They see how you take that second rep and then they win the third rep to win the competition. And Ed Oliver did that consistently. And I thought that was something that he had over a guy like a Rashawn Gary. So I really love watching those things because it, 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 it really set it off for me of like, these guys are playing chess, not checkers. We can, everybody can say all they want about football players, but at the end of the day, these guys have to work and you got to have it between the ears before you can ever get it when your hand touches the dirt. So again, I admit I'm not a scout, but Felder, it was easy to scout my boy Laramie Tunsil back in the day. He was special. Sure. He was different. Did you ever see him live? Yeah. Um, Laramie. No, no, no. I never saw Laramie live. I saw okay. him. Everything I saw from Laramie was from was was on was huddle, actually. Yeah. And he just was eating people alive. Like in the yeah. big thing, the, my biggest worry about him was his hips. Because his hips are a little bit high, but then you realize how tall he is, and you're like, okay, I, I mean, I yeah. that makes sense. You compare him <laughs> to other offensive linemen that are kind of that same thing, because uh, it's Laramie. Laramie, because what? How tall was he? He was um he's probably was six, he six five. Six was he six five or six six? Uh, I can. He was a tall quick. dude, six five, six five. Yeah. And yeah. the big thing with him is he was six five, but he played he was he played a little higher. But then you watch Dewan Jones get drafted, obviously. You watch, uh, you see older guys like Larry Allen, who are also huge dudes, and they just have to operate in a different way. And part of that way is that they maul you down. And that's one of the things I really liked about Tunsil and the way that he played. Yeah, I mean, I've a, a good buddy of mine played on on a couple Ole Miss teams with him, and he would just talk about how remarkable it was to watch him in practice, um, and just how just he would just maul people and made it look easy. And then on the flip side, he said one of the one of the most amazing things he ever saw was. Robert Kimdichi showing up hungover and you yeah. know stoned whatever and would just maul people, and that was yeah. it was it was easy. Well, that's listen. I went to UNC. Okay, mm-hmm. Lawrence Taylor played at UNC. <laughs> yes. So, like, I understand the full spectrum of what you can do when you're special. You're special. That's just the reality, and mm-hmm. it is. I thought I think Kim Dietschy was a very special, a very special college player that the NFL it asked a lot more of you, and it's really hard. Yeah. And Lawrence Taylor was another level of that, where he was like, guess what, man? We're going out tonight. But he, hell, Michael Jordan, right? Yep. Same thing. You have to be another level of special to do it, but you also have to put in work in the other times that mm-hmm. that allows you to do that. So yeah, it's not, I yeah. think everybody's not built the same, and I think we've got to start realizing that. And I think that's a huge part of it. Like, here's the reality, man. Like, and I know it's a really sad story, but Eric Gilbert, yeah, freshman year, amazing. Mm-hmm. And then problems, 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 problems. He's got we he's got to figure himself out after what happened this week at Nebraska. 
Doriel Green Beckham. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But wasn't he's not he's not built in that same way. He can't do he can't screw around off the field. Gilbert Arenas, I'll, I'll go to the NBA. Gilbert Arenas still is like figuring it out, but he was a guy that still had problems, but he could do it because he showed up every day to go to work. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where everybody has a different threshold of what they can do. And so we can evaluate all we want. We can grade, we can rate, we can rank all we want. But we don't know what's between the ears and we don't know what they've they've dealt with growing up. We don't mm-hmm. know what they've dealt with as like what their family situation is like, their trauma, the whole deal. If you dig into it, you can. If you ask them if they want to talk about it, you can. But I really do think that it's a huge that's the biggest gap for me when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to evaluating. And I'll say this, my buddy, Bud Elliott, again, he's he's just a friend of mine. So he always has a little more insight into guys in Florida than I do. I got mm-hmm. insight to guys in North Carolina. Like, I knew Jordan Davis was going to be a player. Jordan Davis, his dad was a resource officer at my mom's middle school. Okay. That my mom, that my mom worked at. So I was like, this dude going to be a player. His head screwed on right mm-hmm. because he ain't playing around. Because his right. dad is not playing around, but you don't always get that insight, you know. Right. Yeah. I to steal a to steal a line from our our friends over at No Laying Up. They talk about golf golfers a lot and Tigers yes. specifically, and how they mm-hmm. use the the term "he was a killer." Like mm-hmm. he he wanted to dominate whoever it was, no matter what. I mean, that's yes. that's Lawrence Taylor. That's Michael Jordan. They might go out and party, but when it's time to to lace them up, yep. it, it's on. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Kim Dietschy is such a such a interesting case study because he, he didn't care about football. Like he just did it because he was good at it. Yes. Like he wanted to go play the saxophone. I mean, mm-hmm. he just, he just didn't care. And you can't do that at the NFL. You have to be a killer. You have to want to There's get better. There's a lot of guys like day. that. Yeah. And football is not the sport always for that. Ricky Basketball, Williams. I mean, think about what is it? Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Plays for the boys. He played for the bucks. We played for the Timber. Timber uh, Wolves, T, T wolves. Yeah. This is a guy he want he he wants to play football, but basketball is gonna keep his body safe, make him more money, mm-hmm. and that's what he has to do. And football is not a sport that you can do that with really in the same way. And we've seen it time and again. Myron Roll uh, from Florida State, the guy that wanted a Rhodes Scholar, that yeah, you know, he was like, you know what, I guess this isn't for me. And you see it with um, Andrew Luck. He was like, guess what, I'm. I'm not going to put my body through this anymore. Like I got hurt a couple of times. I'm done. So yeah, football's a hard sport. And this is something I say all the time. You do have to love it to play it. You don't oh, yeah. have to like it. You don't have to like it, but you got to love it. And if mm-hmm. you don't love it, we'll see how long it lasts. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moke of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moke at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards. 
three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, t-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. And we are back here on Not Committed with Michael Felder. All right, let's get into it. I told you I wanted you to come on here to talk about these two dudes who I think are, in fact, dudes with a capital D. Lane Kiffin seems to think so. Pete Golding seems to think so. Um, let's start with the five-star linebacker, uh, Suntarian Perkins. Um, you know, we're talking about high school competition. Um, played in a lower classification in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But, man, he turned it on just dominated his entire senior year. And then for his state championship game, there were several power five coaching staffs in attendance. Scouts were there and he just literally did everything. Won a state championship, then went to the Mississippi Alabama game, dominated there, then went to the Under Armour game, dominated there, got bumped up to a five-star plus status with on three. So um, little, uh, if, if, if I'm, Speaking freely here as an amateur scout, I would probably say a little light in the pants for a true freshman, but I think what Pete Golding is going to do is put him in position to make plays that aren't going to get him lost in the uh, in the shuffle, in the trenches. I think he's a uh, a really special prospect that I think has a, a lot of good years ahead of him, but just from seeing him, you know, the tape and looking at the measurables, what do you think? I, I love him. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. Like, this is a dude that, like – he he's got this like combo of of um like cause here's the thing I watch his tape so you watch his high school football tape and there's a lot of offense on there first and foremost yeah yeah and he is someone who like watching him like it's not the same as Jadavian Clowney I'm not gonna I'm not trying to get folks too high up but yeah. when I watch someone that but you can tell that it's a lower level right because yeah. you can see how big he is compared to everybody else I go the same way same route with Derek Henry. Watching watching Derrick Henry's offensive tape, watching Jadavian Clowney's offensive tape, and then watching Perkins' offensive tape is like, oh, you're this is truly like it's like it's it's a guy playing against mathletes. And mm-hmm. like they're going pro in something other than sports for sure. And but you watch him the way he's able at 6'3, what is it, 200, 205 pounds, open up gaps on guys that have should have angles on him. I love to see that. And so that's him dominating. We talked about that earlier in the show, right? We talked about dominance. We talked about being able to show that, listen, I belong above this. And then you mentioned he goes to the, 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 the state game. No problem. 
goes to the Under Armour game. No problem. He's still that. He is really him for real. I look at him and he's kind of this, he's got this, um, what's this Trenton Simpson. Do you, I don't know how much Clemson you watch, but Trenton Simpson yep. had a little bit of this as well. He's, mm-hmm. a, I think he's taller than Trenton, but he's got this same thing where it feels like a tweener, but he's going to be good in the box as long as you can keep him protected up front. I'm not, he is not in a Kobe Dean, but he reminds me a little bit of a uh, Roquan. If he okay. adds that weight to play face up, we're good. If he doesn't add that weight, guess what? Now he becomes a star. And I don't mean star like a superstar. I mean star like a position where mm-hmm. he can cover people side to side, but also be a force that's in the box, the extra guy in the box. So I like that about his game. I'm very curious to see where they play him in real time. It's one thing to have him on a depth chart listed as what is he listed as a linebacker, as, mm-hmm. a, as a will linebacker, I think, right? One thing to have him there, but the reality of it is how you use him is more important than where he's listed. And that's the thing I'm looking forward to. I, I'll put it this way. I like him more than I liked Alec Ogletree getting moved to linebacker at Georgia because he has okay. played linebacker. He is a downhill player. He's not someone that's going to make tackles from the side. He is going to attack you in the hole. The question for him is how much strength do you have and can you make people go backwards? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the athleticism obviously jumps off the tape. I mean, he did literally everything in high school. He kicked, played running back, he played quarterback, he played linebacker, he returned kicks, he did it all. Um, I believe Pete Golding is probably going to play him at the jack linebacker position. I think that's kind of okay. what he's built for. Is that coming off the edge? Yeah, so like a pass rusher, um, okay. hybrid rush-in type guy. Cause I do think the frame lends him to add probably 15, 20 more pounds. Um, sure, I agree. I just, man, I, he's someone I want running side to side. Like he, he's got some miles Jack in him, a guy again, that also played running back and did return kicks and did all this stuff. He's got this miles Jack athleticism and I don't want to pin him down to coming off the edge. What I would love to do. And I listen, I'm not smarter than Pete Golden. This guy's a hell of a linebackers coach and a hell of a football coach, but man, for me, having him as part of my passing in zone coverage, that gives me that would give me good grace to send somebody else who is better geared for one straight line play than what this kid's geared for, which is change of direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's to me. That's I mean, you, you watch it every weekend, yeah, and you watch it all day every day. I mean, the game's evolving. You got to cover the entire what is it, fifty three and a half yards yeah, width of the field, fifty three and a third, fifty three and a third. Yeah, you got to cover it all. You gotta you gotta be able to make plays in space. And I think that's what Perkins brings to the defense. Um, I'll tell you this, the on three comp for an NFL guy is Darius Uh Leonard. Okay. Yes. Darius Leonard from South Carolina state. Yep. Uh, Is he playing Tampa? I believe so. Obviously he was drafted, drafted by the Colts. Colts. Okay. Um, He, he led the NFL in tackles. Like this guy's a runner. And that's what I, again, that's what I was talking about. I want Perkins to be a runner. He's a runner. Be a runner. Let him run. Let him run around. Get some, get some big boys up in front of him and let him run around. Yeah. The, the, the obvious, you know, recency bias comp is going to be Harold Perkins just because of how dynamic he was off the edge. But um, yeah, I think Perkins is a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. um, than this Perkins, but yeah, I'm excited to see him. I I think, um, yeah, he he reminds me a little. I think he's going to be bigger eventually, but he reminds me a lot of Tony Connor, who played at Ole Miss. Um, Love Tony Connor. He was me? a five star dude. Yeah, I mean, just a 
tragic knee injury that derailed his career. But before that, I mean, I mean, his first offensive play as a college player, he gets a pick against Vandy. I mean, he was, yeah, he was a dude. Um, I mean, if he can grow into someone that's like John Beeson, like that's not bad. Oh yeah, like, that's that's very good. Like yeah. John and John Beeson is only six feet tall. Yeah, because like this guy's taller than John Beeson. Like if he can add 15, 20 pounds, run around like Beeson, still know what he's supposed to do in the middle. Like to me, that to me, I like that. Like that's the same energy as like CJ Mosley. Like I like that. That's mm-hmm. what I like. All right. Another guy switching over to the offense side, mm-hmm. um, offensive side, Aiden Williams. He's a guy that I have seen in person in a camp setting. Never saw Perkins, but again, as an amateur scout, as soon as I saw him, in one-on-ones, I knew immediately he was different. Um, yeah. Just effortless, fluid, good hands. Um, but the route running, I, th- I think, is what has set him apart because most high school wide receivers, they're not typically, you know, buttoned up with the route running. It's pretty much like run a go route and just beat the guy. Or sure. here, we'll, we'll throw you a screen and you just make people miss and do your thing. Um, worked a lot with Mike Espy, Shea Hodge, Um and that crew, they're both former Ole Miss guys, but they train a ton of guys in Mississippi. So I think that's what's really set him apart from everybody else. I think he's going to play on Saturday against Mercer. I think he's going to play against Tulane, Alabama, and he's going to play a lot. Um, he's a sneaky 6'3 guy. Like, he's bigger than you think he is and looks a tad lean, but a good solid 185, 190. But what what did you see from Williams, and where do you see him fitting into a Lane Kiffin offense? I think the big thing for me is he understands the difference between zone and man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, that's not a joke to me. Like, it's that yeah, goes some people way. don't. Like, a lot of folks don't understand how important that is. He understands when to sit down. Because well, Here's the thing. I talked to my buddy, Jesse Holly. Jesse and I played football together at UNC. And Jesse and I were talking, and Jesse said the number one thing that young wide receivers coming out of high school, even guys going to the NFL don't understand is every route's not full speed. Mm -hmm. And it's all about tempo. So you come off the ball hard. Sure. You don't want to be lazy off the ball because that's how you get, you get absolutely jammed up, but you come off the ball hard and then you make the DB play at your pace. If it's man, you do maybe go all out and push so you can build a cushion so you can create space between you guys. Mm -hmm. But if it's zone, and you know they're going to have to switch off, you go slow, 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 slow. And by slow, I mean it's a brisk – it's a fast jog. You're still running. Most people would be out of breath running that speed. Mm-hmm. And then you stick your foot in the ground, you come back, and then you drift. You drift into a space where the safety and the corner aren't sure which one's supposed to do something, and you sit down. And that's what Aiden does really well. That's the thing I like about his route running. I think he's still got to clean up some of the route running specifics, but I think he understands the tempo part of it. He understands the tempo part of even if it's man and you come off the line in a little hesitation and then go so you can create space. And again, you say sneaky 6'3". To me, I, I thought I was like, this dude looked like a giant. <laughs> Goodness, this guy is big. And so like I'm, I'm, five, I'm five, ten and a half myself. Mm-hmm. 5'11 on a good day. Yeah, and so that's four inches, and man, four inches plus a wingspan like that. We talked about length at the top of the show. When you bring that length, like it's real hard for DBs to do anything with you, even if they're in prime position. So, mm-hmm. I really like that about his game. But I love the fact that he understands tempo and routes because with Lane, Lane likes that. 
Lane appreciates that. You look at those wide receivers that they've put out in the last few years, right? You look at those wide receivers that they have put out. Those guys all understand the concept of tempo. Like you ain't never see them dudes running full speed. They were never, they didn't, they ran full speed when the ball was in the air. They did not run full speed. They came off the line hard, but they did not run full speed. They didn't run full speed the whole day. Like that wasn't their whole deal. Like, I mean, hell, what is it? Heath from a year ago, watch the way he runs his routes. He comes off the line. Good. Then he's, what do I do? What do I do? I'm figuring out the coverage, figuring out the coverage, chop, 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 chop. Boom. Bang it inside hard. Mingo, same thing. Mingo got picked by my guys here. My guys. Mingo got picked my, by my hometown team, the Panthers. <laughs> uh, you look at Drummond. Drummond, a thousand-yard wide receiver, and watch the way he runs his routes. They're not all full speed. When mm-hmm. he recognizes it's time to turn on full speed, he turns it on. And again, that's what I think Aiden has. Elijah Moore, obviously, probably the most notable, right? And that's mm-hmm. a guy that just found a way to keep doing it. And he was not, like, even when he ran screens, like, you look at his, when he ran screens, that first step was hard to push the DB back, to get the defensive back off him. And then he floated. Remember the way he used to float back? Yeah. To catch the screen and then turn it on full speed. Mm-hmm. It lulls them into a sense of, it, it, it lulled, that, that floating and that, that, that brisk jog lulls guys into a sense of comfort. Oh, I got this covered. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's going 100 miles an hour now. Obviously, in the NFL, Tyreek Hill probably does it better than anybody. Jalen Waddell does it really, really well right now, too. So it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, goodness, this guy's already, if he's got that already, what are we like? What are we going to do once he figures out, like, I got to get to 12 to get back to seven, or I got to get to, I got to make this guy go to 12 and I'm going to go to 10. I got to get him to 12 to get back to eight so that we can get this, we can convert this third and six. So we're good to go. And when he starts to add that part into his game, I think that's the part that's going to be really scary. To me, you brought it up and this is my assessment of what I think makes a really good receiver different from, you know, the elite compared to the pretty good Mm -hmm. is, not only the route running, but like when you get to the top of the route and you can create separation, because mm-hmm. that right there is just hard to defend. Because, I mean, Very you hard. can be right on a guy's hip, but if he runs a good route, that already creates natural separation. And then what you do after the catch, I mean, you're yeah. already behind. So I think that's what Aiden Williams does really well is just crisp. You mentioned Elijah Moore. He was one of the best to ever do it for Ole Miss. He was just yes. so, so sharp. I mean, just he it was like he was playing Tron out there when he's running routes. Um, that's it. from what I've seen Aiden Williams do and just clips in practice and how he's really turned heads. Just a really it just looks effortless. And you talk about um, you know loving the game. I think these two guys love football and they yeah. love you know proving people wrong. Yeah, I mean it's not listen. I think everyone's right about them. These guys are super highly ranked. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I I try to pull the receipts on Aiden Williams because when I saw him at the Under Armour camp, I was like, yep, he's special. And everybody's like, well, he was a four star. So, um, all right. Uh, last question here, a little lightning round. Um, I talked to, uh, on three's scouting and rankings guy, Cody Belair, uh, over the weekend when Zachariah branch was doing his thing. And I mean, good Lord, um, just special, but he said that he was the best, one of the best guys he's ever seen in person and evaluated. And he said that if he was six, two, he'd be the best he's ever done. He's ever seen. Um, yeah, same as a flowers though. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. People didn't know about him at Boston college until he started doing his thing just because he was small. 
Um, Who is probably the one like guy that you saw that you were like, oh, can't miss going to the NFL, done, like no notes? I mean, obviously, Ed Oliver, I mentioned him before. Um, Chase Young. Chase Young. Yeah. I mean, literally watching Chase Young, we had a, we did a pre event thing with him and I, we were like, what's your game plan today? And he said, man, I'm going in there to kill it. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this kid, he gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And so, and he did, and he did it. And it was amazing. Uh, you know who else I will say? Owen Papa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I first saw Owen Papa when he was a, he was a rising freshman, I believe. Okay. And so, and he was the fastest linebacker as a rising freshman. And I was like, yeah, that's different. I was like, wait, this guy's just going into ninth grade. And they were like, yeah. So I saw him year after year after year. And I was like, oh my God, he's so good. And I think if Auburn had a better football team, he probably would have been a higher pick, but this is a guy that I expect to be a starter in the NFL by midseason. I think he's really, really special. So Owen Papo, one of my favorites to watch. Um, you can throw in Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And I'm very yeah. excited to see what Tanner McKee does, um, honestly, because he's get some time to to figure it out. Uh, with respect to everything else, man, I mean, there's so many guys that you see. Honestly, you know what's crazy? And I here's a, I'm I'm gonna turn I'm gonna flip it the other way. I didn't okay. think Jalen Hurts was gonna be any good. Yeah. I truly did not. I didn't think he was gonna be any good, and he's really proven me wrong. So I have no problem admitting that I'm wrong. Like that's one of to me, I think that's the part that we need to bring in more is being like, hey man, I missed on this dude. Mm-hmm. Because I thought he I, I was like, this guy ain't gonna be no good. Like he's like he's gonna have to move mountains. Cause when I right. watched him, it was in New Orleans and he threw dirt balls, he threw he overthrew guys, and I was like, This ain't no good. Or was it New Orleans or was it Dallas? It was either New Orleans or Dallas is where I saw him first. It might have been both. You know who else I thought wasn't gonna be any good? Stetson Bennett. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll i'll raise my hand on that one too i didn't yeah. I, I thought i thought he was just a dude surrounded by other dudes yeah well listen i saw him in high school and i was watching him he came out with the little mailman hat on and the whole deal and he <laughs> went to a bunch of these things and i was like man you come on man like i understand <laughs> you can afford to go to these things but you don't have to show up because you're not that good and then he yeah. he really balled it out and i listen i listen Hats off to Hertz and Bennett because both of those guys were guys that I didn't know if they were going to make it, and they did. And then, then you flip it over and you look at like a Chris Roberson who, you know, got in some trouble at Oklahoma or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. then goes to FAU, and then kind of we don't know where he is anymore. So it's one of those things where it takes, it does. It, it, this is going to sound cliche, and maybe it's the dad in me coming out, but it does take a village, and it takes yeah. a village with respect to it takes a coaching staff, it takes a team, it takes all these elements to work. If you're miserable in Ann Arbor or you're miserable in in, in Auburn, Bo Nix. I mean, look at Bo Nix, right? We thought he was going to be the – he was the bee's knees when he beat Oregon and then rough time at Auburn, and then he goes to Oregon, resets his life, and everything's good. Michael Penix, injury issues at Indiana, goes to Washington, resets, and all of a sudden he's a Heisman candidate. So That's my I dude, do think Elder. It's, it's, dude, I, you like Penix? It's, that's my Heisman pick this year. I dude, got Washington I in the playoff. I dig it. I dig that, man. So it's just one of those things where it does take – you have to have everything working together to make it work. It has to have the wide right. receivers, the running back, the offensive line, but you also have the coaching staff, the play calling, and you have to have the personal mindset, whether that's being in a good spot mentally, 
being in a good spot physically. Like if you're playing in a place that you hate, it's really hard to play good football. So yeah. again, it's it's a hard thing that we ask these guys to do. And that's why I'm always skeptical of guys that move cross country. Uh, but for some guys, cross country is good because they get out of where they were. For mm-hmm. other guys, cross country is not as good because they're away from their mama or their grandma or their grandpa or whatever it is that was anchoring them to get to where they are. So it's very interesting to see how many factors go in to creating good football. And everybody looks at what you see on the field. But at the end of the day, man, everything that's going on behind, behind, the, behind the scenes is so critical. Yeah. The one, uh, the, the one receipt that I, I keep in my wallet and I take it mm-hmm. out as much as I can is Quinshawn Judkins. Yes. I, yes. I told, Smaller. I told people, I was like, that, that's a, that's a different breed right there. Yes. Uh, so he's making me look smart. Um, all right. This was fun, man. This is uh we'll have to do it again. Um, yes, sir. But tell, before I let you go, tell the folks where they can find you. Cause you are everywhere. So tell them where they can listen and read you. I'm a busy man, folks. Make sure you subscribe to the Substack. It's Felder.substack.com. Um, we're good. actually I'm getting ready to work on Thursday fun play where I'm going to look at Jaden Daniels because I love that they run five man routes at LSU uh, from under center even, which is really crazy because that doesn't usually happen. Um, but also you can find me on Stadium. Uh, you should have it on your television, Stadium, and it's uh, I do inside football with Joshua Perry. We hit college, we hit NFL, we do all this stuff. We're actually going to be talking about uh, Utah, Florida today, which is going to be really cool. So Utah, Florida going into Thursday night and all the whatever else is going to happen. And the weekend is going to be big. So we got those shows coming up. We also have, um, I also do uh, College Sports Now with Learfield. And so subscribe, any anywhere you get podcasts, College Sports Now, Felder Fridays, the Felder Five. That's all I got for you, my man. All right, that is Michael Felder. We appreciate him joining us here on Not Committed. Shout out to USA Benefits Group for sponsoring the show and the rest of the sponsors for making it possible. And we appreciate you, the listener. Michael, we'll do it again soon, buddy. Good talking with you. Sounds good, man. You take it easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.